Muggle. Muggle. Muggle to them. <laughs> Grabbles to Apples, the podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not you'll be catching the new uh, Wonder Woman 1984 that's coming out on HBO Max this Christmas. You want to know something? Uh, I thought this movie came out already. <laughs> it was supposed to, and then the pandemic happened. When I saw the, the trailer on the YouTubes, I was like... Why are they re-releasing this movie? It's like <laughs> Snyder cut again. Like, what's why are they doing this? And then I was like, oh, they there was supposed to release it earlier this year, but COVID happened, mm. so they nixed that. Yup. I will not. I haven't seen the first one, but I heard the first one's really good. You still haven't watched the first Wonder Woman? No, I have not. It's pretty good. I think it's the yeah, best I heard it's of the best. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the best one out of all the DCEU movies. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about movies. It's not a movie podcast, guys. It's not what this is. It's a wrestling podcast. And you're listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash grapples apples. That's grapples the number two apples. You don't like SoundCloud? You got Google Podcasts, you got Apple Podcasts, you got iHeartRadio. Doesn't matter where you're listening. As long as you're listening. As always, I'm one of your hosts. Ill will the thrill, the poetarian, Shakespeare and Canada, the major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. Joined remotely by my main man, my hetero life. May tell him who you are, brother. The very sensual, the very toy, Mr. Sunglasses at night, himself, your boy, the general, your champion, Shades. Now, Shades, we've got a lot to talk about. This has been a huge week in the world of professional wrestling. Um, of course, um, there's some tragedy that I think we should kind of touch on first before we do anything else. But we also have some big-time breaking news that might change the wrestling landscape forever. Before we do any of that, I need you to do me a favor, boy. Yeah, what is that? Man, ring that bell. Um, so typically, so, yeah, so typically we start the podcast off with non WWE news, but I think that it would be extremely disrespectful to the man if we don't start off with, um, this news first. I 100% agree. Uh, earlier this week, uh, it was reported that Pat Patterson passed away at the age of 79 years old. Now, if you don't know who Pat Patterson is, turn off the podcast. You shouldn't be watching wrestling. Pat Patterson was the first ever, excuse me, WWE Intercontinental Champion in the fake tournament that was in Rio. (laughs) The Rio de Janeiro tournament. Um, but he was a tremendous wrestler. He was a tremendous backstage personality. Um, we grew to know Pat Patterson as 
one of the stooges during the Attitude Era for Vince McMahon. Um, along with Gerald Briscoe. Along with Gerald Briscoe. Um, the evening gown match for the Hardcore Championship between the both of them. Um, Pat Patterson coming out as gay, as the first you know, openly uh, gay professional, wrestler. openly gay re- professional wrestler, um, which couldn't have been easy, especially in a at the time it was seen more as a male dominated sport, form of entertainment. I don't know. Back in the day, they called it a sport. I mean, um, sports adjacent. It's athletic, athletic for sure. Yeah. Um. But man, what a a tough loss for 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 wrestling. He was big on a lot of the younger guys backstage. He was um, he was big on Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler. He saw potential in a lot of guys, and um, he was also one of the main bookers alongside Vince McMahon for the WWE. <laughs> So our our you know thoughts and condolences goes out to Pat Patterson's family, and um, to be as cliche as possible, you're joining that roster of wrestlers in that big wrestling ring in the sky. Um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, shades that you know people of our age group, our generation, we're more familiar with Pat Patterson as a stooge and beyond. And it's unfortunate that there are people our age who probably did not backtrack and understand just who Pat Patterson truly was and how incredible, not only his story as, you know, a French Canadian from Montreal who didn't know a lick of English comes down to the U S to be a wrestler makes it big in San Francisco and then, you know, throughout the world revered as one of the best workers to ever get in the ring. Um, he's, he's not only, and not only a, a great worker, but from what I'm understanding, from what I'm hearing and reading, one of the best storytellers. And I mean, you said, you know, you mentioned that he was a booker, um, but he, he apparently was one of those guys who was telling stories, you know, way ahead of the match that he was booking at the time. You know, with WWF, he was a producer, an agent, uh, a wrestler, a manager, like you name it. He's done it. Um, you he know, currently stands as the oldest ever person to hold the WWE championship. Uh, being the 24-7 champion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just looking at his accomplishments, you know, AWA, World Tag Team Champion, um, WWF, Hall of Famer, Hardcore Champion, Intercontinental Champion, North American Champion, Match of the Year winner in 1981 with Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, that's a match that I actually got to see. Um, back in the day, um, you know, before there was all these streaming services um, on Optimum and mm-hmm. MSG, they had MSG Classics, and mm-hmm. that was a match that they showed on there. Mm-hmm. And I was just enamored by the brutality uh, mm-hmm. that uh, a match 
like this would have at that certain time. Yeah. And then I looked up Abdullah the Butcher and Ooh. Bruiser Brody. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this, doing this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, apparently a huge fan of NXT and just a huge advocate for, you know, young wrestlers. Uh, just, yeah, there's just so much that he contributed to the world of professional wrestling that, you know, many of us don't know about because it's not as publicized or as advertised as other people because, you know, his heyday was, you know, he debuted in 58. So we're talking way before the Ric Flair's of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, rest in peace to the man born Pierre Clermont who – Legally changed, named, just changed his name to Pat Patterson and first openly gay professional wrestler who paved the way for, you know, I mean, look at where we are now in 2020, you know, 2020, where we have transgender wrestlers, we have openly gay wrestlers, lesbian wrestlers, we have wrestlers of all ilk, and it starts with Pat Patterson. And, I, you know, that's something yeah. that we shouldn't just, you know, take lightly. So, like you said, Condolences and and you know our wishes our, our our well wishes go out to anyone and everyone whose life he's he's touched. You know today's episode of SmackDown, almost every commercial break when they came back, there was you know a tribute with Twitter posts to Pat Patterson. And, you know they did a twelve bell salute to start the show for Pat Patterson. So you know, rest in peace, Pat. Uh, if if you if you don't mind, I would like to continue with the de- with the WWE news. Sure, because the non WWE news, to to it's a spicy, spicy non WWE. Just just time to be alive. Oh, just just. <laughs> uh, Leon Ruff, the North American champion, announces his engagement to WWE ref- uh, referee uh, Aja Smith. Um, I didn't think this was newsworthy. <laughs> but, disrespect. <laughs> but mazel to to the both of them. It's like you said okay. mazel. You said mazel, and my brain said mogul. Mogul, mogul, mogul to them. <laughs> mogul to them. <laughs> my brain is so dumb. <laughs> Oh, Mago. <laughs> it's been a long week. Proceed. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on to the next bit of a news. John Cena will be releasing two books based on ins- inspirational Twitter quotes. What? <laughs> I said the same thing when I saw this news. I was like, um, come away? It's all like uplifting quotes um, that I guess he's come across in the world of Twitter. I, <laughs> so essentially he's plagiarizing a book. Um, he's taking he's taking quotes from other people and putting it in a book. I guess. I mean, I'm not, so it's it's very vague as to whether or not these are his 
Twitter posts from the past that he's just compiled, or if these are from other people, but, you know, it's called, what is it called? Uh, every day, every, hold on. Jiminy Cricket. Hustle, loyalty, respect. This thing's taking forever to <laughs> You can't see me. Encouraging words from John Cena. Do your best every day to do your best every day. Wow. My God. <laughs> Make the impossible possible. And apparently it's a kid's book. So this is meant to encourage children to make the impossible possible because they can do anything. I thought he was going to use a bunch of his, like, WWE quote. Like, you want some? Come get some. <laughs> the last page should just be, this is basic thugonomics. <laughs> Hmm. So you think you're untouchable. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. I'm going to make a book of inspirational shades quotes. And it's going to be free. I'm better than you. That's it. That's the quote. <laughs> Moving on, man. Um, Braun Strowman, the monster among men, suffered a knee injury. How catastrophic? Who knows? But a knee injury on a man of that size? Not easy. You know better than anybody uh, with Patrick Ewing. You know? Yeah. 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 Poor Pat. I mean... A poor Braun. Yeah. I mean, so this is why they had him headbutt. Um, why can I never remember this guy's name? Uh, On their, like, official. What is it? <sighs> Something Pierce? Uh, Adam uh, Pierce? Chan- Chan- Adam Chance the Rapper. I don't know. I think it's Adam Pierce. Anyway, that's why they had him headbutt. He headbutted him. In that segment last week, and have him quote unquote indefinitely suspended. suspended because he needs time off to recover from this knee injury that he that he apparently suffered at the series of survivors. Okay, yeah, that sucks for him because he, he's kind of coming into his own now mm-hmm. after the the Bray Wyatt uh, and Fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, few that they had where he he slimmed down Mm. he's ripped to shreds Mm -hmm. and he's finally looking like a monster yeah and for him to get you know get this knee injury kind of like trash sucks for him man yeah hopefully oh excuse me hopefully it's um nothing too severe hopefully it's something like um, a sprain or something like dumb like that and he'll be back soon yeah so we have the newest Performance Center signees the WWE have scooped up. Two members of the Rascals, uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. Um, Trey Miguel was the only one that was not signed. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I, uh, so from what I understand, 
he has offers on the table from more than one promotion. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe he's legitimately considering going somewhere other than WWE. Mm-hmm. And so he's in the negotiation process. I don't know. That's me speculating because I can't imagine any other reason why of the three, he'd be the one who's unsigned. Yeah. He's he's the bigger probably name. the best the best of the three. Right. Exactly. Um so yeah, I mean uh Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, uh Alex Zane, Jiro. Yeah, I, I after the Rascals, I have no idea who any of these people are. Right. Um Jiro Eichmann Kushiro, uh Kuroshio. Russ Taylor and Anriel Howard. I only know that Anriel Howard is a play former... in the WNBA or something yeah, like that, right? Right. She's a former WNBA uh, player. I mean, she's young though. She's only twenty three. So what she played like one season for the Storm and then like call it a day. Uh, she could have probably played from nineteen to twenty two. Let me see. And, I mean, and didn't the Storm just win the, the championship like a year ago? Oh, I can't. I don't remember. I can't keep track of the WNBA anymore. I used to, but then Liberty became trash, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm over this." Sports sucks, bro. I need but to yeah, have back in the worst way, son. Anyway, take it easy, pussycat. <laughs> take it easy. So that is the WWE news. Um, thrill. Oh yes. I'll let you I'll let you towel off real quick. <laughs> All right. Cause the, the, the non WWE news is a doozy. Alright, folks. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start you off easy. We're gonna we're gonna talk small story and then we're gonna go big story because the big stories are gonna make up the majority of the show if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> it's the big story predictions. <laughs> Essentially. So first things first, I'm the realist. No, um, well, that's my line. You, can't I know, I know. That's why I kind of mumbled it under my breath because I, I, I wanted to beat to the punch. All right. So first things first, I'm the realist. There you go. Roosh will defend his Ring of Honor World Championship against Brody King at the at their upcoming pay per view. Um, in the same vein, Rich Swan will be defending his title versus Chris Bay. At final resolution. And what is often the most comical show of the year, Triple A's Triple Mania has their cards set. The show's taking place on December 12th. Um, this is the same show where we had lunacy, like um, Rose, um, Sexy Star trying to break Rosemary's arm in a shoot. Jeff Jarrett throwing tortillas in the crowd while drunk. Um... Was it last year? Aerostar almost died. Uh, a few years ago, Phoenix did a tope and kicked the owner of AAA's wife's in the face. So Vampiro, Vampiro, and his his you know play my music. So Triple Mania is always always good for some sort of ridiculousness. This year's card has um, a bunch of wrestlers that we may or may not know, but for the sake of of true journalism. <laughs> We got, I'm such an idiot. Maximo, Mr. Iguana, and Nino Hamburguesa versus 
Carta Brava Jr., Mocho Cota Jr., and Tito Santana. We got Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. versus Mestices Jr. and Octagon Jr. versus Rey Escorpion and, Te- and Tejano Jr. for the tag titles. Fabi Apache and Lady Maravilla, Chick Tormenta, Lady Shani, Lady Edra, and Hades in a Copa Triple Mania match. Monster Crown, Murder, Murder Clown, Psycho Clown versus Blue Demon Jr., Hijo de la Parca, and, and L.A. Park. We have Arcano and Leyenda Americana versus Terror, Purpura, and Venenoidi. That's the one that got me. Pagano versus Chessman in a hair versus hair match. And then, of course, for the AAA Mega title, Kenny Omega defends his championship versus Laredo Kid. So, Triple Mania should be interesting, to say the least. Now, Bro, I have no idea who any of those people are, <laughs> except Phoenix and Pentagon and Kenny Omega. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be, I'm not going to like hipster it up, but I do know Laredo Kid. Um, Nino Hamburguesa, um, Blue Demon Junior, Mastasis, Mastasis, whatever his name Mastasis. That's the and that's another one person that I know because he was a uh, the Triple A uh, champion before. Yeah, Hijo uh, de LA Park, LA Park, um, Blue Demon Junior. I know Blue Demon. He's he's bigly down in Mexico. Um, so yeah, should be interesting. Now, all right. This past Wednesday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going to talk about the Swan? I said Rich Swan and Chris Bay set for final resolution. You you just, like, no-sold Chris Bay, who who I said last year has the potential to be a world champion. Hey. You're not going to let me. You're not going to let me hang on the rim a little bit? Okay, first of all. Ain't no one denied you on that. Everyone's been high on Chris Bay since last year. Secondly. But this fast? That's why, bro, that, that's why I glossed over it. Because let's be real. He's not ready for this. But neither is Rich Swan. So, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, Chris Bay, he's doing uh, uh, it's a lot of social media stuff where... He posted a picture of him as a child with the uh, oh, yeah, I saw that. TNA championship. And he says that um, uh, it's been his dream to hold the championship. And uh, December, it happens. The Bayhood dream comes true. And I'm just like, oh, man, you're really, really driving home this Bay thing, aren't you, buddy? Let's be I think Chris Bay does it, man. I think Chris Bay does it. Let's be real, Shades. When it comes to Impact Wrestling, this is not the most important thing going on right now. Nobody cares. I'm taking a flyer out on Chris Bay. Okay. Do it. Do you, boo-boo. Do you, boo-boo. And I, now I know that you're sal- salivating at the bit to get to this news. Bro, it's the biggest story of the year so far. Yeah. All right. Can I, can do I what you it? must. Thank do what you me. must. Do what you must. This past Wednesday on AEW was their special Winter is Coming episode of Dynamite. This was treated 
Like, this is going to be the biggest episode of Dynamite to date. And when it comes to what happened, they did not disappoint. First things first. I'm the realist. We had the Battle Royal. We had, you know, um, we had a tag match and a tag match. And we had a women's match that is progressing storyline. So I'm happy there. I don't want to get bogged down on the little things. Because after the match between Cody and Darby Allen versus Powerhouse Hobbs, as they call him now. And yeah, I know. I hate it. And Ricky Starks. Sparks? Starks. Starks? Sparks. Starks. Starks. After their match, there's an in-ring beatdown featuring all of Team Taz beating down on Cody, Darby, and Dustin Rhodes. The lights go out. And on the screen, we have winter scenery and snow and all this stuff. And we don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden... There's a crow on the screen, and a name appears. Sting. And in full crow, you know, face makeup, ring gear, in ring gear, full gear, tights and everything. No, full gear happened already. But um bum Sting comes out. The heels have now vanished. And he goes face to face with the three gentlemen in the ring. Cody, who has said that when he was a child, Sting was his favorite wrestler. Dustin, who uh, he has some history with at WCW. And then Darby Allen. It was the longest face-to-face interaction. Setting something up? I don't know. We're going to see. But it was announced that he has signed a multi-year deal. And by the time the 24 hours had clicked off the clock following this segment... Sting's brand new AEW Sting t-shirt was the most sold merchandise in ProWrestlingTees.com history. Oh, man. Now, there are some people who love this, some people who hate this, some people in the middle. I am not going to lie. I'm not going to say I marked out. But when I saw the word Sting, I was like, what? I was shocked. I jumped. Am I crazy about the idea of Sting being in AEW? Yes and no. Was I confused because I thought Seth Rollins broke him? Absolutely. He is suffering from spinal stenosis, which is... So apparently, and I'm going to let you get in the shades, I promise. Um, he is suffering from, from spinal stenosis. And the doctor offered him to have surgery, but it would have ended his career. So he chose not to. Sheamus is in the same boat. So Sheamus has been wrestling with spinal stenosis. I think this is also the same thing that um, Edge had that forced him to retire not too long ago. So whatever magic juice Edge is drinking, he must have passed it along to Sting. And maybe Sting is going to be able to wrestle limited in-ring work. Now, I think this is good for AEW to a degree. There's one demo that they keep losing every week to WWE, and that's the 50 and over. 
That's the people who dropped off after the Attitude Era. If you can have someone come in and be a part of the show without being the show and clearly have him still be relevant when he's selling you know, the most merch in this company's history, ProWrestlingTees.com, that is, then I think this that's that's proof in the pudding right there that having Sting on the roster is only beneficial to AEW unless, and I don't think this is going to be the issue, but unless they go the way of WCW and TNA. I think they know better than to make Sting the focus of their shows. That's why they put him in the middle of the card here. So... I'm not crazy excited about it, but I'm on board with it. Shades, your thoughts? <sighs> okay. So I am not happy about this. Okay. If it means he's coming back as a wrestler. Sting is what? in his 50s now and not a Christopher Daniels who was still getting the reps in 50. Yeah. I'm talking like I haven't wrestled in like five years type thing. Maybe less. No, excuse me. He's 61. Sting is 61. Yeah. Even worse. Former bodybuilder. He has a lot of years on his body. Yeah. I I I don't want to see him wrestle. I also don't want to see him come back as a manager. AEW is like their thing now is to bring back wrestlers from the eighties or the nineties and make them you know, managers for up-and-coming superstars. Now, the only person that would make sense for this to be uh, to paired with would be Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Their wrestling styles are completely different. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, maybe Sting sees something in Darby. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, if Sting is wrestling for a... a AEW, maybe you could have a one-off match or something like that. Like, uh, you, you don't want that Seth Rollins match to be your last match. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but to to be a wrestler every week, I don't. I don't think he's going to be in the ring every week. I I don't want like a WWE. Oh, you got to wrestle three times a year. If you wrestle once a year, I'm fine with that. Be there to help with booking. Be there to help with like talent relations. Don't come in to wrestle. Again, you're 61 years old. It's it's. His his style of wrestling and age doesn't mesh well with what AEW has to offer. Yeah. I, I mean, I think 
his in ring, um, like his minutes in the ring are going to be similar, or a lesser version of what Dustin is doing. You know, Dustin is wrestling, what, every other week, something like that? Maybe every few weeks, every month, once a month, or something like that. Um, I think we'll see Sting actually in a match, I don't know, once every pay-per-view, maybe, if that. Mm -hmm. And remember, AEW does four pay-per-views a year. So, I think, and again, I don't think he'll be taking any big bumps. You know, I he can't wrestle a 20-minute match. So I think we'll see him in a very limited capacity more as a face mentor kind of thing. Which, you know, if he's not taking ring time away from, you know, superstars who need it, and this could help them boost ratings and sales, why not? I mean, it's definitely going to help boost ratings or sales because, I mean, you said ProWrestlingTees.com sold the Sting shirts at, like, a crazy clip. Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about it. I, but I am optimistic, and I will like to see where it goes. Uh, the memes start rolling out, by the way. <laughs> Just like I was like AEW sign Sting. Vince calls Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, un- hey, Mark, I need you for one more match. <laughs> you know what's interesting is that I heard, or I read rather, that Sting had been pushing to have the Sting versus Undertaker in a cinematic match. You know, they're both limited. So that's what he wanted to finally have them have their match, but in a cinematic match. But apparently Vince wasn't having it. That's what I read. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I read this week. Hmm. I just like to have both of them sit down and actually have a conversation. Oh, you know, like a like just one of those, talk like, about table it. for three kind of thing. Exactly. Oh, that'd be amazing. It's not going to happen now. You know, that's dead and gone, but, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. But, but, uh... But, but, but there was more to the show, folks, because the main event, which took about... I think the entrances started around 9.25, something like that. Yeah. The main event, defending AEW world champion John Moxley, undefeated John Moxley, taking on Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. Now, what I love is they really hammered home how important this match was. They gave it a 60-minute time limit, but the match started halfway into 9.30. I mean, into nine, you know, at 9.30, so halfway into the 9 o'clock hour. And so the announcers are like, you heard it, folks. You did hear it correctly. It is a sixty-minute time limit match. If we and you know, if we go over the ten o'clock hour, we have been given the authority to keep you right here. So they give you the idea that we could possibly have an overrun situation. We can end up watching this, you know, being ten fifteen, ten twenty, ten thirty, and TNT being cool with it. Which I think that's it's probably you know BS, but. To give that idea that this match is so huge, so important that even TNT recognizes it and is allowing them 
It's like over time. Love that. Love that small little detail. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Kenny comes out first, and they do the thing that they've been doing lately, where they like give out his whole resume. You know, twenty something time champion throughout and all over the world, and this and that, and blah 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 here and there, yada yada yada. The whole thing. List his whole resume. He comes out. Moxie comes out. Um. Before, I think on last week's episode of Dynamite, they had the gentleman's agreement. There's going to be no gimmicks, no shticks, you know, no nonsense, just a wrestling match. And so the beginning of the match is kind of slow. You know, oh, by the way, Don Callis is on commentary, as he's been lately for a lot of Kenny Omega's big matches. Um, so they're, they're, you know, the beginning of the match is, is kind of not really lighting the world on fire, but they're setting stuff up, right? So, like, Kenny is doing a lot of dragon screws on John Moxley, and the announcers, I get now, now, I'm, I'm telling you, everyone worked together on this, because the announcers were like, oh, you know, this is a smart strategy by Kenny, by, you know, eliminating Moxley's base, you're eliminating a lot of his offense, because he's very, you know, he, he can't put that much weight into his punches. He's a brawler. A lot of his, his offense, you know, comes from generating power. So you eliminate his legs, you eliminate his power. I'm like, okay, that's smart. And then Moxley's going after Kenny's head, and they're like, oh, he's setting up for the paradigm shift. He's making him weak for the paradigm shift. I'm like, see, this is what I'm like. This is great. Okay. The, the match isn't starting with fire, but it's starting with brains. I, I'm cool with this. We get maybe a third into the match. And Moxley hits the paradigm shift. Um, Kenny, I mean, uh, Moxley does not pin him. Instead, decides that he wants to keep going. So they, they keep going. Um, they end up outside of the ring at some point, And Moxley throws Kenny into, like, a fixture. And, like, the ref comes over to him. He's hurt, blah, blah, blah. Don Callis runs over to check on him. The doctor comes down to check on him. They keep signaling that, like, he hurt his head. He hurt his eye, something. Um, But Moxie is not having any of it. He grabs Kenny, throws him back in the ring. um, And he starts beating up on Kenny. And Don Callis grabs the microphone. He's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. You see, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt. And so Moxley goes over, hits Don Callis. But when he hits Don Callis, the mic drops into the ring. No, 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 no. Don Callis actually throws Kenny the mic. Is that, I mean, I only watched it the first it's, time live, and it seemed like he so dropped subtle. it. It's so subtle. Okay. It's so subtle. Like, it's so quickly done that yeah. it looks like it just dropped, but he actually threw it in there. Okay. So... Kenny grabs the mic. He hits John Moxley square in the forehead with the mic. You hear the thud. He throws the mic. Moxley's now bleeding from the crown of his head. Um, there's another small exchange. He hits him with a V trigger. He pulls the knee pad down, hits him with the V trigger right in the head, sets him up for the one winged angel, hits the one winged angel. One, two, three. We have a new AEW world champion. And the entire time, the announcers are losing their minds. They're like, what happened to the gentleman's agreement? What happened to the gentleman's agreement? This is nonsense. The fix was in. This was a, a plan all along. Don Callis gets in there, super hype, grabs the, the title from the ref, gives it to Kenny. Him and Kenny book it, you know, 
up the into the tunnel. You see Tony Khan yelling at them, like reprimanding them. They blow past him. People are backstage. They're yelling at, at Kenny and Don Callis. They run past them. They get to the parking lot. And um, their interviewer guy, what, what's his name? Something Marvez. Um, he, he catches up to them as they're getting into a car. And they're like, hey, what was that? What was that? What was that? And he's like, you'll find out on Tuesday. He's like, what are you talking about? Dynamite's on Wednesday. He's like, yeah, you find out everything you need to know on Tuesday on Access TV, on Impact Wrestling. And they get in the car and they speed off. Ladies and gentlemen, the internet then blew up. Exploded. Because the internet exploded. The internet exploded. Because we now have the first, like, not the first cross-promotional stuff. Um, but this is the first time that W the AEW is going to have any of their wrestlers appear on another programming. And not only is there another programming, they're having their AE their newly crowned AEW World Champion appear on Impact Wrestling. This the implications for this are enormous. They've already been working with NWA, where Thunder Rosa, you know is currently in the middle of a program with Britt Baker. Um, And so you have that going on. And then Serena Deeb, who's currently on their roster, is NWA Women's World Champion. And now you're going to have Kenny Omega appear on Impact Wrestling. Woo. If this becomes a, a working relationship with talent exchange, we can end up seeing something like the Good Brothers versus FTR on AEW, or um, the North versus the Young Bucks on Impact Wrestling. We can have Jordan Grace, Diana Parazzo, any of those women facing up against Sheeta. Uh, Britt Baker, any of the women on 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 AEW's roster on either of those two shows, plus NWA's roster and NWA's back on 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 YouTube with their new show. Oh, what is it called? Oh. My power, power was what it used to be called. What is it called? And I was like Thunder something. Uh, it was the uh, NWA Explosion or something like that. Um, NWA, no, not the wrestling, not the rap group, NWA, YouTube. It's like wrong, Ice Cube. No, God. NWA Wrestling, come on. Oh, just look at our, our notes from last week. Shockwave, that's what it's friggin' called. Oh. Sorry, this week was actually the first episode of... NWA Shockwave. So now they're back on TV. So <laughs> maybe, oh my, okay. So if, uh, but uh, and Impact has to find a better top champion. Because how awesome would it be if somewhere down the road, nowhere near, nowhere now right now, not right now, but somewhere down the road, how awesome would it be to have a gentleman's triple threat match between Nick Aldis, Kenny Omega, and insert Impact World Champion here? 
Yeah, that'd be sick. Right? How dope would that be? So now the doors are open. The doors, are, the possibilities are endless. You know, NW, uh, NWA, uh, AEW, and Impact. All right. So now you have those three are officially working with one another in some capacity. If we can get Ring of Honor and New Japan, where they have a working relationship, we get these three and those two, and then we make it a five way. And they're talking about, they're talking about memes, bro. The memes have 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 come out of the woodwork about this. And it's all, you know, we might finally have a wrestling world where promotions, every promotion whose name is not WWE, can be working together. Oh, oh, I can't just... You say stuff. The the only issue that we have with that um, is booking. You know, Mm. Uh, fair booking. Um, I'm sure that uh, New Japan would love to have Kenny and the Bucks work back with New Japan in some capacity. Um, Maybe not even at like Wrestle Kingdom, but New Year's Dash. You have Kenny show up with the AEW Championship and attack Naito or something like that. Or or whoever wins. No. This works perfectly. Um, He comes back and attacks Naito if Naito retains. Or he comes back and attacks Jay White. Mm. Um... Uh, and then you can start um, the Bullet Club versus the Bullet Club um, storyline that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that's a way that you can reunite the elite. Exactly. Um, as for Russell, do not bark. Thank you. As for relationships with uh, Impact, um, you hit the nail right on the head. Having having different tag teams face each other would be sick. Having the women face each other would be sick. But you do not have a legitimate world champion right now. Yeah, you need to establish that yeah. before you can even have a dream scenario of three promotions in a triple threat match. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I'm, uh, I liked everything about this except Don Callis. <laughs> but that's just because you don't like Don Callis. Yes. Don Ca- sure. You need Don Callis for this angle to work. Yeah, absolutely. He's your in. Yeah, exactly. He, he's your in so. because he's known Kenny for like 20 plus years. And he's your in because he's, uh, you know, higher up in Impact Wrestling. So, like, it just makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. So during the match, uh, our our homeboy Joey and I were messaging in the group chat. We're the only ones talking in the group chat. And we're debating whether or not we think Kenny is going to win. Because we're completely expecting that if Kenny wins, the IWC will backlash in a massive way and criticize them for booking themselves as champions. Because the Bucks are the tag champs right now. You're going to make Kenny the world champ. 
you know, oh, they're just going to book themselves to, to have all the championships. But the whole impact angle has completely taken over that no one's even complaining about them booking Kenny to be the champion. Everyone is so much more focused on the idea of this new world, of this, this, of what is and what can be. Because I'm, it's a magic this, trick. This could be insane. It's a magic trick. That's why. You distract them with one thing, but the the, the, the trick is in the other hand. Yeah. Um, one, I don't think I, I, anyone's complaining that both of the Bucks and Kenny are champions. They were actually complaining that it took them this long to become champions. Yeah, but you know how WWE fans are. Yeah, but WWE fans are WWE fans. Yeah. We are fans of wrestling. Yeah. It's like, listen, they're damned if they do, if they're damned, if they're damned if they don't. If sure. if they put the belts on the elite right off the rip, it's yo, you just made a company so you guys can be the top guys. Yeah. Or if you don't put the belts on them, you wait almost a year. And then they'll criticize oh, you. Oh, you wait a year yeah. and then they'll criticize you. Oh, you're not as good as you said you were. Yeah. It's like, which one is it? And they played into that because they were like, they they kept saying, oh, Kenny Omega hasn't lived up to the hype for the last year, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, it was just, it was done perfectly in my opinion. You know, I know there are some people who, you know, are still sour on impact because of what they were once upon a time during the Dixie Carter era, during the Russo era, during the Hogan era. But this is not that same impact, you know, like, I'm, I'm so excited for this. You know, as someone who on this show has repeatedly tried to give impact their, their due, you know, as someone who tries to follow them as much as they can to see this, I'm so hyped to watch impact this week. Um, There is some interest there for sure. There's definitely interest in me watching impact. Um, what I want to actually touch on is something that I don't think you probably saw unless you were on social media. So then, no. <laughs> um, the the wrestling page that we're on. Okay. Um, we have we have some eccentric characters on there to say the least. Oh yeah. One of our friends you know you guys know him as ray he's been on there um he's you know given us predictions and the like um in a feud for the fall harvest if you want to call it that (laughs) so um oh also there are reports that tess is not being pursued by aew so, well, there yeah. she goes, I WWE. Mean, if they have a working relationship with Impact and she boned Impact, almost out of respect, they they should they they can't talk to her. So Ray said that uh, I'm trying. I, I don't want to paraphrase. I'm trying to find the exact post. Uh, post because I I. I uh, this guy's, you know, it's very important to get get what he says, like, 
right. But it, it, it's almost to the, the fact of you and I discussed this before. Ray's a f- big fan of AEW. He thinks that N- WWE's work right now is kind of like in the toilet aside from NXT. And even NXT is kind of like it's it's circling the drain right now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he's arguing with one of the guys on the page because he's saying that the, the AEW championship is the better belt. Right now. Oh, I saw that post. We talked about the like the legitimacy or the uh, the one that feels more important, right? Comparing yes. it to the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship. Oh, we compared to the WWE Championship. Both, both belts. Mm. Now, If we're talking about what belt has more prestige, it's the WWE Championship. If you're talking about which belt is the most important belt in professional wrestling right now, it's the AEW Championship. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, helped build that belt with uh, great character work, Great matches. Sometimes great feuds. We have had Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre as your champions for the WWE Championship. Now, Drew's brought consistency back to the championship, no doubt. But... It doesn't feel as important as what Roman Reigns is doing with the Universal Championship. It feels like the WWE Championship is taking a backseat right now. So I kind of agree with Ray in the sense of the AEW Championship is the most important belt in professional wrestling right now. That's the most especially, relevant. especially with Kenny being the champion. Yeah. But the most prestigious? Brother, whatever drugs you're doing, give me some. I mean, yeah, and, and because it's, all about, it's all about the word we're using here, right? Like, prestige, honor, you know, history lies in the WWE title. It lies in the belt that Drew McIntyre holds. Yes. In terms of relevancy, it's on Kenny's shoulder, you know? Um, and Drew, I love what Drew's doing. He's just being overshadowed because Roman's doing the best work of his career. And I don't think it's because Drew's doing anything wrong. I think Drew's doing just fine as as their top champion overall in Raw. He's just a victim of the times. Exactly. And just like Roman said in the promo, right guy, right place, wrong time. He's just exactly what it is. He's the right guy in the right place at the wrong time. I think this is actually one of the few times where I can say both the WWE's top champions feel like top champions, and they're 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 carrying their belts well. And I have no complaints with how they're being booked, how they're being treated, how they feel. They both feel legit. AEW's World Championship feels legit. Um, the NWA World Champion 
shoot, Nick Aldis has that thing feeling like a prize amongst prizes. Um, IWGP, I think it lost some luster with the whole evil with thing. With evil, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's still – talk about prestige. Woo. Is there a belt that has more prestige than the IWGP? I have no idea. Um, the WWE Championship. Does it, though? Yes. You <sighs> cannot argue me. You cannot argue any other way. I don't know. I don't know. Because to me to – it's, it's easily prestige. the second most important belt. I, I think there's a case to be made that the mm. IWGP Heavyweight Championship may have more prestige than the WWE Championship. You're on crack. There's no way. I think there's an argument to be made. I'm not saying 100% undeniable, irrefutable. I'm saying I think there's a case to be made. Uh, How? I think who and how many has an effect on how prestigious something is. You know, if everyone gets a chance to be the champion, including, you know, the bottom of the barrel, does that really hold the same weight as only three guys who are at the top of their game holding the title? The the IWGP Heavyweight Championship has only had, you know... This iteration. In the history of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, They've only had X amount of champions, which is far less than the WWE slash WWF World Championship slash, you know, Heavyweight Championship, whatever you want to call it, that lineage. And the IWGP Heavyweight Championship does not include people like Vince McMahon in its lineage. Does not include, you know, other people who have had a cup of tea with the title that probably didn't deserve it. Yeah, I mean, that's just bad booking on the WWE's part. But, but you're talking about guys like... The prestige of the title. Yes, but you're also talking about Ric Flair, Macho Man Randy Savage. As much as you mm-hmm. don't like him, Hulk Hogan, Bruno, mm-hmm. Bruno San Martino, Bret Hart, yeah. Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles, mm-hmm. Triple H, mm-hmm. Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker. These are These are legendary guys to hold the belt yeah you have some duds like vince mcmahon and and and, uh jinder mahal and stuff like that but john cena is going to be you know he he, no like him or not john cena helped keep the wwe afloat sure and i'm not i'm not taking anything away from the Brunos and the Rocks and the Stone Colds or any of those guys, I understand the significance of that title and who has held it and why it's so important. I get that completely. I'm just saying in like, I'm saying there are things that can tarnish the legacy of a championship. And I feel like those things up until recently are not in the, the lineage of the IWGP heavyweight championship. I feel like they have not had, as many, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Blemishes on, I mean, look, Antonio Inoki, Big Van Vader, um, let's see, Vader, Fujinami, Fujinami, Vader, Fujinami, Great Muda, uh, Fujinami again, Hashimoto, uh, Kente Sasaki, Masahiro Chono, 
Nakamura. We can go on. We can go on. We can we can go on for days. About my point is, so they've had seventy-two different reigns, seventy-two different reigns with the IWGP versus the WWE's. Was this one hundred and fifty something? One hundred and thirty-nine. Right. So obviously, there's double the amount of champions, or near so. But again, like I think you have to take knocks off for Jinder Mahal, for Kofi Kingston, for Sheamus, for Vince McMahon, for Alberto Del Rio, um, for The Miz. Um, let's see who else. Man, they've had some crappers hold this title. Uh, they've also had good chunk a, of time a longer. Like they've also had some legends longer time around. Yeah, for sure. They've had a lot of legends, not some. Don't 100%. don't don't downplay. No, I'm, again, I'm not trying to discredit any. Especially, I think they start dropping the ball around the ruthless aggression era because everyone before that is legit. The Rock, Stone Cold, Bret Hart, uh, Kane, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, legit. Kurt Angle, Hogan. legit. And first of all, let's don't say Kane. Kane had a one day WWE Championship reign. All right. Okay, but still, but I'm saying that Kane's championship doesn't mar its legacy because Kane is still like a top level performer. I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm not even in your favor. Actually, the WWE is definitely like the WWE championship is definitely number one, and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is a very close second place. You can even like, go as far as to say the NWA Championship is. Second, it could even be first. See, okay, now now there's a difference between legacy and prestige. Legacy, I think there's no doubt it's WWE slash NWA. Those two are one and one A. Whoever you want to call it, it's whoever you want to call it in terms of legacy. But in terms of prestige, which belt holds more weight? Which belt means more when it's handed to somebody? I think it's art. I think there's a case to be made for the IWGP, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is I, I don't think, think there's so. a case to be made. I, I don't know. I I feel like it would be a bigger again. I'm discounting evil. I think that was a mistake. But I feel like there's there's something more. Jay White was a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I thought so, but I thought it was because he was too soon. I thought JY, someone down the line, should be the the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Um, but I mean, look how big of a deal it was when Okada finally dropped it. Yeah, but he dropped when it he to lost. Kenny Omega in 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 matches that you can't even recreate in a video game. Exactly, but that's exactly my point, though. Is look at how big of a deal it was and what it took. For that title to just change hands from one guy to another, it took a masterpiece of a story. There was also no one in the in the company that was believable to beat Okada. That's the problem. But no, but, the, no, but that's my point. You're, your you're, top, you're, what top, you're, top what you're doing is you're, 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 there's be. no draw power. There was no draw power to beat Okada. That's why he held it on for so long. Kenny was the only person to actually do that. That doesn't make it prestigious. That means your your roster is not good. Before no no no, no hold on time out. So, so Naito's not good. Naito never left. Kota Bushi's not good. 
Shinsuke? So why AJ? did any of them take it off of him? AJ wasn't in the company anymore. But I'm saying he there at the at that time before And AJ actually took the belt off of Okada. Yes, exactly. My point, my point is that it has to mean something. So that means you can't just give it to anybody. The people who get it have to have earned it. They have to be the top of the top, the cream of the crop. They have to be someone who's like really worthy of taking it off of whoever's carrying it. Not just so if you're talking about because of the market. They gave Jinder Mahal a belt for six months just because he's Indian. That's prestigious to you? If you're talking about prestige, then it's the NWA championship. Because these guys held it for for territories. These They were the most protected champions in all of professional wrestling. Your Ric Flair's, your, your Harley Races, your, your Kerry Von Erich, your uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I don't know if I said Dusty because it's late and I'm going to say it again. You're Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> that's, that's why I said in terms of legacy, I would say the NWA is up there with the WWF slash WWE slash WWF championship because of those guys. But then it felt like oh, Nick Aldis is the only is the reason why it's relevant again now. And it's not even who was, that who was relevant the right now. Cody Rhodes. Oh, you you sneak, you cheeky bastard! <laughs> you know you know what I meant. Anyway, it was the, we, uh, it was a defunct belt because Billy Corgan just b- bought the NWA yeah, belt. Back. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, whatever. We can, we can we can do this till the cows come home. Um, the point is, this is bigly. This is huge. The world of professional wrestling has officially changed. All right, man. Let's 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 plant some seeds. Let's do some some predictions. Let's do that. Because uh, I think we need a towel off right now. This is <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling. There are some good seeds. Is there a bad seed this week? I don't know. We're about to find know. out. But at the end of the day, they all contribute. To the tree, to the garden, to the forest, that is professional wrestling. Man, the good seeds. I mean, where do we even start, bro? Um, mine. My good seed goes to the what could be mm-hmm. with yep. AEW and the cross uh, the cross promotions. Yeah, that's that's that's, yeah. that's definitely I, my. I good typically seed. try to look. I typically try and look for something to, to be different from you. No, there's there's no better seed than that. Um, I have two bad seeds. Okay, talk to me. Um, my bad seed is Bailey tapping out to Natty's sharpshooter this mm. past SmackDown, mm. where you had Bailey be a world beater yeah. for a year, and you have her tapping out to Natty, yeah. who's calling herself the, the boat. boat. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Uh, my second, my second bad seed goes to Monday Night Raw's uh, reckoning and uh, <laughs> retribution altogether. Um, her mask falls off in her ma- in her match with Dana Brooke, and she loses 
And Mustafa Ali comes into the ring and chastises Reckoning for losing the match. And he's yelling at her saying, we do not tolerate failure. We do not tolerate failure. And I'm As like, for the first every week. four weeks, you guys lost. Like, every week. Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, bad seed. Oh, man. Um, I will give my bad seed to... Oh, man, I don't know. Trying to think. Don Callis. No, that's your bad seed because you don't like Don Callis. I'm like, you know what? I wish it could be my bad seed. I'm going to give my bad seed to them changing his name to Powerhouse Hobbs. That's my bad seed. What's wrong with the name Will? What's wrong with Will Hobbs? Huh? Well, that's why. Okay, I see. I see what you're doing now. What, what's wrong with Will? I don't understand the problem with Will Hobbs. Perfectly fine name, strong name, definitely induces the idea of a strong, powerful black man. <laughs> There's so many jokes. I can't. Come on. You, you, you threw it up knowing I can't even dunk it. You are a dork. <laughs> you did that on purpose. He oh, definitely you know, did that on purpose. You know I did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the predictions, kid. <laughs> oh, man. So we have our predictions for this Sunday's NXT War Games 2020 okay. live from Orlando, Florida at the Performance Center. Yeah. What, what do they call it? The W... Oh, the World... The Capital Wrestling... Oh, what do they call it? Wrestling Capital of the World? No, the C... Oh, French Toast. They call it something. Like the Capital Wrestling Center or something like that? I don't care. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Five, five matches on the card. Two war game matches. One championship. <laughs> A strap match and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> we got five matches. Um, I'm going to go from five to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. I'm going Ciampa. Remember, this is a takeover. And we're still trying to find our fall harvest in the middle, like right before the winter starts. So, remember, whoever wins this gets to decide if they want to take Shades' championship or if they want the full harvest. Let's hold the phone there. This is five matches at a takeover. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a tie at the top. I'll see you at TLC. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with... My brain says Ciampa, but I feel like Thatcher needs it more. I don't know. Champa needs him. He hasn't won a pay per view in a while. 
Yeah, but Ciampa's established. Timothy Thatcher needs... I can't, I can't take Timothy Thatcher with that missing tooth seriously. Oh, so sad. Yeah. I'll go Thatcher. I'm probably wrong. Okay. It's definitely Ciampa, but I'll go with Thatcher. The next match, I'm so over this feud. Uh, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a strap match. I, I'm over this. I do not care. Cameron Grimes. I'll, um, I'll go Loomis. Again, I don't care either. (laughs) Jesus. I'll go. (sighs) Is there a, uh, like, I'll go Grimes. Okay. <laughs> Dexter Loomis looks like a walking G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. <sighs> okay. You want to you wanna move on, guy? I don't. Uh, a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. Defending champion Leon Ruff Johnny versus Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest. Uh, is Leon Ruff going to be a flash in the pan? Are we going to have the championship change hands again? So this, I don't think so. This is where NXT has to decide. Are they going to start taking Leon Ruff seriously? Or is the joke over? That's because that's it. That's the only. That's what this means. Either the joke is over and he drops the title, or he beats both Gargano and Priest, and that means we have to start taking Leon Ruff seriously. I think that they've been playing hot potato too often with the North American Championship. It needs some stability. Um, if you're going to go all out. For Leon Ruff, then go all out. Have him beat both Gargano and Priest. I'm going Leon Ruff. I'm going Damian Priest. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't... I have no confidence. Because if, if Leon Ruff wins, then what's next for Leon Ruff? Right? At least, if he beats Damian Priest, then that could be the... I mean, if Damian Priest beats him then that could be the next feud. Yeah, but it's not believable. It's like a David versus Goliath thing. I'm sick of those. There's nothing. They shot themselves in the foot the second they had Leon Ruff successfully retain the championship after winning it. They could have done the one-time-over, flash-in-the-pan, fluke thing, and then he goes back to the corner. But they've been, they've been building him now. This is, what, the third week that they're trying to they make him legit? Then, okay. Make so that's what that's what I'm going Leon. The... Okay, I'm going Damian Priest. I think Gargano's like his time doing this is over, so I'm saying Priest. All right, the first of the two War Games matches. War Games is the Undisputed Era: Adam Cole, Bebe, Kyle O'Reilly, Roger Strong, Bobby Fish versus Pat McAfee, Peter Dune. Danny Birch and Lone Yorkin. 
Oni Lorkin. <laughs> Loney Orkin. <laughs> Oni Lorkin. Um, oh, man. I'm going UE. You know what? That's what I... Bro, my brain was like, oh, it's automatic, UE. But. But. McAfee's Revenge? Yeah. Except they've been kicking Undisputed Era's brains in since since McAfee returned. The problem is, if, if, UA, if UE wins, then... That's it. That's the feud right it's there. It's over. And that means that Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan go back to being just another tag team. But they're the tag team champions. Yes. But then, again, they'll just be another tag team. Pete Dunne is fine. Pete Dunne will always be fine. You know, Pete Dunne is as legit as they come in NXT. Whether he wins this feud or not, it doesn't matter. Pat McAfee, this is, if he loses, great. He can move on, you know, and go back to his show, and he's done. Cool. Thanks for coming. It was fun playing. Goodbye. Um, my concern is Birch and Lorkin and how it will affect them if they lose. Does Undisputed Era need to win this match? Didn't they win? Um, this is with the third one, right? This is the third one. The first one, Adam Cole was the the last was the one who got the pinfall, right? That was the one when Roger Strong was with AOP. Yeah, they lost last year. This is the third one or fourth one? Yeah. Didn't they lose last year when uh, Ch- Ciampa almost killed uh, Adam Cole? We did his finisher off the cage hmm. through the table. Oh, was that last year's War Games? Yes. Man, I can't keep track. Let me see. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's it's very late. I'm I'm. Almost 100% yeah, certain it yeah. was the last two years. Yeah, Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, and Kevin, o- Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. I do not remember that. Anyway, they just they beat the Undisputed Era. This is the fourth one then, because the year before that was the one with um, uh, War Machine, or whatever they were called at the time. Results. Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders... They defeated the Undisputed Era, so that's two L's. And the first one was the one that they won. Yeah, where they beat the Authors of Pain, Roderick Strong, and Sanity. So they're one and two in War Games matches. Hmm. All right, I'll go Undisputed Era. The veterans of the match, the the team that made this match what it was, blah blah. blah. Yeah, I'll go on this video. And the last match on the card, we have Team Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai versus Team Candice, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. I'm going Team Shotzi because I'm not betting against my my bay. Rhea Ripley. I'm going Team Candace. Team Shotzi was standing tall at the end of 
take over. Um, and your same principle applies to me. Okay. I can't. So, as it stands, Shades, Shotzi, Will, Candace. Mm -hmm. We both have UE. Mm -hmm. I have Leon Ruff. You have Damian Priest. Priest. We both have Cameron Grimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have Thatcher. I have Champa. My question is, are we confident in a lock of the night? I'm not, but I'm going to lock Candace. I'm going to lock Team Candace. I think I'm going to hold my lock. I need to think on this a little bit more. I am not comfortable locking any of these. You have until Sunday night at 7 p.m. to put in a lock, homeboy. Yes, sir. I just think if I'm going to lock anything, I got to lock Tony Storm, right? Got to lock it down, you know? You know? Um, I you mean, know. Juice is already doing that. Hey, hey, it. you shut your dirty mouth. Spewing your lies, your fake news. I won bigly. Take the Supreme Court. All right. Yeah, you want to, you want to, you want to close this out, guy. <laughs> Keep listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples and Apples slash Grapples. The number two apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. doesn't matter where you're listening as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples and Apples. Again, that's Grapples the number two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to put us in as many eyes and ears as humanly possible. As always, I've been one of your hosts. Ill will the thrill. The poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. I'm joined remotely by my main man, my hetero life mate. Tell him who you are. Man, the hour, man with the power, too damn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the tippy tippy top. Your boy, the general, and still your champion, Shades. Don't forget to check out our episode this upcoming Monday for this Sunday's. Recap and review of TakeOver War Games. So if you didn't catch it, if you don't plan to catch it, or if you can't catch it on Sunday, you have us listen to it on Monday to tell you about everything that you missed. And maybe finally we'll have a full harvest. Who knows? Probably not. We'll see what happens. Until then, you got plenty of old episodes to to listen to, new ones, and future ones. Because an apple a day is a bad recipe way. Peace. Peace and love. Thank you.